This is Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. This program is designed to help you build your faith in God's Word, receive His healing delivering power, and experience God's best in every area of your life. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Regardless of what you may be facing, His Word and power are available to you today. Thanks again for joining me on Healing for the Nations. A real pleasure to uh, to uh, share the Word of God with you, and uh, particularly to hear from those of you who are letting us know how this broadcast is helping you, particularly to grow in your walk with the Lord and to understand His Word practically, and uh, helping you to live out God's Word in your life and the integrity of God's Word. Recently, my wife and I were at a certain event and a number of people met us who had not seen for a number of years and a few of them said to my wife you look just the same you haven't you haven't changed at all and of course any woman would love to hear that um, but I should tell you this that they did say about the same thing to me Carl you hadn't changed too much but again that's beside the point is it um, I'm saying this we're talking about the integrity of God's Word and uh, Hebrews 13 8 says this Jesus the Christ the same yesterday and today and forever so there's something about being unchanging staying the same now we said this building on what we said last week and begin to talk about and teach you about the integrity of God's Word the integrity has to do with character it has to do with your reliability it has to do with you staying the same that you always do what you said and we started looking and, and beginning just beginning look at some of those scriptures which prove that God always says what he says always does what he does he means what he says and, and says what he means and always does what he says he will do whatever he promises he will do and we said it is very important to understand this when God tells us to trust him for example scripture says trust in the Lord with all of your heart now he's not telling you just to step out on blind faith he's telling you to trust him because he has a track record a history of always doing what he says and the more you know of his integrity the more you you'll be inclined to trust him so that's why I believe it's important God's put it in my heart to share this word with you about the integrity of God's word now um, in a court of law people are asked to give evidence on what they've seen as testimonials why because if they're going to believe something they've got to find out well what what did happen but also oftentimes a certain character witness someone who claims they saw something that their their testimonies are thrown out as evidence or reliable evidence because the person has proven to be someone of ill character or bad character someone who's a liar someone who's not worth not trustworthy and so sometimes even if that person might have actually told the truth that one time they might throw out the evidence or what they said why because the individual has a track record 
that is not good. They have a track record of being unreliable, of being untrustworthy. So we call them, they're not a good character witness, a good character reference. We touched on last week that when someone, you go in for a job interview, you might have a very good reference. It looks, you look good on paper, but they don't stop there. A potential employer goes a step further and they will ask you, well, give us your list of references. What are they saying? We want to, we want to speak to a few individuals who actually know you, who's actually seen the way you work, seen the way you act, and can actually talk about you, can verify your character. Someone who can verify that you are who you claim to be on paper. In some uh, situations, they ask for a police check to find out, well, what is your character? Should we be concerned about how you might treat our vulnerable population? So we could say this, our society is full, and we could say it's based on the level of integrity in our families, in our businesses, in our governments. But what we've been talking about is this, is the integrity of God. His word can be trusted because he has a track record of always doing what he says. And again, the more you know how integral he is, how truthful he is, how good he is, good-natured, always doing what he says, the more, you can, you, more you're inclined to tie your life to what he says. Find out what he says about your family, about relationships, about your body, about his provision, about his, his plan for your life, about the new birth. Whatever he says, get to find, get in the book, get in God's word for yourself. Don't just take my word for it or someone else's word for it. Get in the word yourself because he is proven to be full of integrity. In Genesis chapter 15, told Abraham, think about this, before the nation was actually born, before it was conceived, before, it be, before there was beyond Abraham, he says, your seed will be in bondage, will be in bondage for 400 years. Now think about this. If we could prove that Israel was not in bondage for 400 years, we would have caught God in a lie, in something that was inaccurate at best, something that was an error. So since God, to be claimed to, be, to call himself God, that means he is, above, he is infallible, always true, never wrong. See, that's why God calls himself the God of gods, Lord of lords. He is the highest. He is always right, always true. Now God, I said this, God doesn't mind being checked. Have you noticed when the Bible go into great details and give names, and we'll probably go into some of this, give names of actual cities, names of actual leaders, get names of, of uh, government officials. Some of those names in the Bibles we don't like reading. Some of those long genealogies. Now why do you think that's there? Well one of the reasons it's there is this. If someone who says, I don't believe there's a God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't believe there's only one God who is supreme and every other God is beneath him. That there's, there's one supreme God who we all have to give account to and that he's the supreme ruler and he's the one who gave Jesus and there's only one God of our Lord Jesus. Now think about this. He's, he doesn't mind being checked because if we could prove that none of those names actually were in history, then we could say, well, this, the Bible's wrong. It means God's wrong. If we could prove there, prove there was no Cyrenius as a governor in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus was born at the time when he was born, if there was no Herod, 
So all these names were given for a reason, to show us that God doesn't mind being checked. So someone who doesn't believe in God, you might not know, know God, you might not believe in God right now, you're listening to me, you're honest, you're sincere, well, check it out. Check the Bible for yourself. Compare it with what, what the historical books say and say, well, compare that the individuals mentioned in the Bible, did they really exist? You'll find out they did. Because if they didn't, it would mean then that God authored a lie. Or at best, authored something that was erroneous and therefore unreliable. He doesn't mind being checked out. Why? He's not telling us to trust him on blind faith, if you will. He is a God who has a track record. So when he says, trust me, it's because he knows he always does what he says. And he's telling you to trust him because he will never lie to you. He'll never deceive you. Many of you talking to me, and many of us, we've had people in our lives, known people who've lied to you, who've deceived you, who told you one thing and never carried it through. God says, I want you to trust me because he'll never lie to you. He'll never deceive you. He'll never use you again listen for your own for his own purpose. He will use he will use you for his glory that will benefit your life. He'll never hurt you. He'll never despise you. He'll never abandon you. That's why he said in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. That's his word to you. So he can be trusted. And so now, I want to look at a couple words, uh, a couple of scriptures, if you will, that encourage us about the, the dependability of God's word. Again, he's a God of integrity. So Numbers chapter 23, verse 19 says this, God is not a man that he should lie. Look at that. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? So God's saying, listen, whatever I say, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Now you understand, oftentimes we live in a society, and especially increasing over the last couple of decades, where people's words don't mean nothing. Especially, if, let's say, in, in, in politics and governments and in times of elections, we're so used to people making promises just to get into places of authority and then not caring that they carry out what they, what they say. Or, or business, or families, relatives, and all these things. So we're so used to that kind of environment and climate, we must think God is like that. No, whatever he says he has to do, he's duty-bound. The word says he honors his word above his name. His word means everything to him. That's why he says this, he's not a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. He never has to change his mind. He never has to, he never put something out and say, oh, by the way, I made a mistake because I didn't really, I made a miscalculation. And sometimes we have to do that as human beings because we don't know everything. So we've got to go back to someone and say, you know what? I know I said this to you. I know I would do, I said I would do this to you, but something came up as an emergency. I still want to do this for you, but can I do it tomorrow instead of today? But we might do that and we're, we're fully well-intentioned. However, he never has to do that. He never has to change his mind, never has to repent, repent, never has to relent, never has to come back on, on what he says because he can't do it. He never has to say to you, well, I can't do this. I know I said this to you, but I can't do it because I don't have it. No, he never has to do that. That's why he says this. I, he should, neither son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? 
And shall he not do it? Again, what he says, he's got to do. Has he spoken it? And shall he not make it good? Whatever God says in his word, he said, I'm gonna make it good. I'll do it for you. I'll carry it out. You ever been in a situation where someone says, you know, I'm, you, I'm, can you give me a certain amount of money? I'll give it back to you in a month. I need it for this emergency. Some of you might have been in that situation and that person said, you know what? I, I know I said it, but I can't do it. Something came up, well-intentioned, but they can't. Listen, God has never had to do that. He's always good. He'll always do what he says. Now in Isaiah 55 verse 11, I love this, it says this, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty or unfulfilled, but it will accomplish that which I please. It will prosper. It will succeed in the thing to which he sent it. Whatever God says, whatever the intention of that word, it will be fulfilled. That's his nature. He's completely committed to doing what he says. In Psalms 119 verse 89, I just want to give you these scriptures because we're talking about the integrity of God's word and you want to build your life on the integrity of his word. God's got a track record. We're talking about this. In, in Psalms 119.89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. See, his word is settled. Whatever he says in heaven, he's got to do it in the earth. His word is settled. It's the highest standard. Now, I love this one. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Now, think about this. See, God's word, whatever he says, every word in scripture, everything he said is completely reliable will go on throughout eternity. That's why God's word is the only thing you should build your life on. See, heaven and earth, it says, shall pass away, but my word will never pass away. See, God, this world, this universe will be sustained throughout eternity. How? By God's word. It will be cleansed. How? Because he said so by his word. You will go on throughout eternity as long as you tie your life to God's word, we're talking about in eternity, in his plan and goodness. As you tie yourself to his word, as you believe what he says, because he's a person of integrity. Now verse 25 says this, in verse, well, verse 24, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower of the earth falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. See, now in the 21st century, we live in a, day, in a time of, of fads, of changes. And yes, technology changes, and that's wonderful. We're, we're increasingly benefiting from technologies. But the thing what never changes is God's word. God's word. If you make God's word and trust God's word, you'll build a character like God that is dependable and reliable. That's why trusting God and his word is very important. So we said this, I'm going to repeat it again. See the integrity of, see God's word is good. Says what he means, he means what he says. He always does what he promises. He has never lied. He's always been truthful. Whatever he says, he does it never changes, is always honest, always dependable. Again, he always does what he says. 
I'm telling you, this is the God we serve. This is a God who wants you to trust him. Why? He has a track record. Now, let me also go into this. We talked about the nation of Israel and the nation of Israel, why it's important in the overall economy of God is because they're a demonstration of the faithfulness of God, of the integrity of God, of the infallibility of God. That is their, their, their history, if you will, as unfaithful as they've been, as their history shows to God because of what he said to Abraham, he did it. Think about that because of what he said. In one scripture, he says this, I'm doing this because, not because you're a righteous people or you're good, see, but all because of his, the words he spoke to Abraham, then he passed it on to Isaac, then he passed it on to Jacob. He had to do what he said because he said it. That's why we need to go into the word of God and commit ourselves to living by his word. Now I'm going to look at this scripture in Exodus chapter 33. We see an interesting example that we talked earlier before that God said, I'm going to deliver Israel out of Egyptian bondage. They were there for 400 years. Again, not 300, not 390, but 400. Why? He said it. He delivered them. Why? Because he said so. If they were there for 410, 450, 500 years, then he wouldn't be God. But we have it in historical record. They were in bondage for 400 years as an all-knowing God, the all-knowing God said they would be. And he delivered them out of Egyptian bondage and Egyptian Egypt was destroyed as a nation. Why? Because they resisted the plan of God to deliver Israel out of bondage. Now, God moves on. He wants to take them into their inheritance because God said this. He's, think about this. He said this. He said to Abraham, I'm going to deliver them out of Egypt, out of bondage. I'm going to take them into the land of the Amorites, the Ittites, the Perizzites, gives them the borders. This is where they're going to be. So they've got to go into that. So in um, Exodus 33 verse 1, and the Lord said to Moses, depart and go up hence, you and the people which you brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swear, here it is, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He spoke where they're supposed to be. He told them their inheritance. He gave them the geography of where they would be planted in. He's got to do it. He says, I swear this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In other words, I promise this to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now is the time I'm going to do what I said. I'm going to fulfill what I said to them. So going on, he says, and I will send an angel before you and will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Ittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Where do we see those names before? Well, we saw it in the past because God spoke these names in this location to Abraham several, I mean, several hundred years before this. It says, unto a land flown with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for you are a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. Now think about that. So God is telling him, listen, this is a, a stiff-necked. Stiff-necked means rebellious, hard-hearted, disobedient people. So why is he doing this? Because of what he said. He, had, he, said, he said, I am going to do this because I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm telling you, his word is his bond. He always does what he says.
Then he says this, if you go on down a little bit, in verse 12, it says, And Moses said to the, to the Lord, See, you say unto me, Bring up this people, you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you said, I know you by name, and you found grace or favor in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way, that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence, listen to this now, shall go with thee, God speaking to him now, and I will give you rest. And Moses saying back to him now, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't carry us up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and your people have found grace in your sight? Is it not that you go with us? So shall we be separated, I and your people, from all the, all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you've spoken. For you found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. So God said, you want me to go with you? I'm going to go with you. And he said to him, I beseech you, show me your glory. Verse 19, and God said, I will make all my goodness to pass before me. Now think about this. This is what God's saying now. He says this. Abraham is asking God, an angel's good, but I want to know. I want you to make sure. I want you to go. Now can you imagine? He's going in to, take, to dispossess, drive out people out of a land that God was given to the nation of Israel. Now, that's going to be a pretty tough battle to fight. So he says, I don't just want an angel. I want you to be with me. But what was important here, God saying this, I'm not just, I'm going to do this because I said so. That's what's at stake here. Abraham, Moses says, show me your glory. God says, I'm going to show you my goodness. I'm going to show you my character. I'm going to show you that I always do what I said I will do. You can trust God today because his word is good. Your child will come back to God because he said, you shall be saved and your household. Acts 16, 31. Trust him and his word today. Healing belongs to you because God said so in his word. Again, he never lies. He doesn't change his mind. So it is God's will. We know it's God's will. We know that healing belongs to you. We know it is God's will to heal you because he said so in his word. One scripture, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. So in God's mind, that's what I've said about my child. That's what I've said about my daughter. Healing belongs to you because it's his will. So that you can call yourself the healed. Think about this now. Because of what he said. Believe what he says. He never changes his mind. But someone might say, but, it, but I heard it's not God's will to heal me. Well, that would like, be like saying God's a liar. No, he's not a liar. He doesn't change his mind. But you might say, but you don't know what the doctors have said. You don't know the situation I'm facing. But what did God say? Whose report, Scripture says, will you believe? You need to believe the report of the Lord. You've got to take him at his word. If he said his own self, bear your sins in his body on the tree, the same one who bear your sins, the same one bore your sickness and disease. 
believe that today. Trust his word for your life today. Call yourself healed. You can call yourself healed today because he already has called you the healed. Say what he says about you because he never lies. As your, his word comes out of your mouth, he'll make it good. He says he watches over his word to perform it. Where should his word be? Or where does he want his word to be? In your mouth. Believe it with your heart and say it with your mouth. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. By his stripes, I am healed. Say that today. Meditate upon that today and you'll experience the goodwill and goodness of, the, of God because he never changes. Healing belongs to you. A peaceful mind is part of God's plan for your life. Keys to a Peaceful Mind with Pastor Carl Lewis will teach you how to overcome worry and develop a mind that is full of the goodness of God. Titles include A Peaceful Mind, Worry is Negative Meditation, A Worried Heart is a Troubled Life, and Think on the Goodness of the Lord. For a gift of any size, please call or write to request your copy of this four-part CD set, Keys to a Peaceful Mind. Thank you for joining the broadcast today and for watching. As you've watched, maybe you say, I don't know God. Or maybe you once knew God and you're not uh, walking with Him and trusting Him at this time. Well, I've got some great news for you. God loves you. And He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to bring you into fellowship and in relationship with Him. The Bible tells us in John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that whosoever means you and me. Today you can come to God. Today you can be in fellowship with God. You can walk with God. He desired to have fellowship with you and to show you his love and his goodness. You may say, how do I do that? Well, it's very simple. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says that if we will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we will be saved. So it's as simple as saying, God, I'm a sinner. I don't know you as my Savior. I'm not walking with you. But I believe you gave Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. And I open up my heart and I receive your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior. And that's the simple steps in coming in relationship with God. If you've confessed and if you've said that today, I want to say welcome to the family of God. I want to encourage if you've taken that step in following God and following Jesus Christ as your Lord. The next step is to begin to attend a Bible-believing church and hearing God's Word and praying daily. If you're in the area of Foundation for Life Family Church, we welcome you to come and fellowship with us and meet others. Feel free to contact us and write us. We'd love to get some information in your hands on how you can now grow in your new relationship with God. And welcome to the family of God. God bless you. If you're in the Toronto or Greater Toronto area, I welcome you and personally invite you to join us for one of our weekly services, Sundays at 11 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at the address on the screen. I really believe that you'll be enriched, encouraged, and strengthened by the ministry of God's anointed word, as well as by the fellowship of other believers who are true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to seeing you.
Thank you for joining us today on Healing for the Nations with Pastor Carl Lewis. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we encourage you to partner with us financially to continue the teaching of God's Word. To give, please write to Foundation for Life Christian Ministries or securely online at foundationforlife.ca. Healing for the Nations is a ministry of Foundation for Life Christian Ministries. Visit foundationforlife.ca and avail yourself of our valuable life-building resources for free. Join us next time on Healing for the Nations.